You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. A lot to get to as usual. Today will be a big day of a bunch of different topics. Got a lot of college basketball to talk about. BYU basketball in particular. College football, BYU football stuff to cover. As well as everything else going on in BYU sports news. You also hear today from Jesse Way, the Gonzaga transfer. Coming eligible this year to play for BYU basketball. You'll hear from him on his excitement level for this upcoming season and what he expects to contribute to the BYU basketball program. So a lot to get to on another edition of Locked on Cougars. Today's show brought to you by our title sponsor, Deseret First Credit Union. We'll tell you about them here in just a little bit. And with that, let's get to it. This is Locked on Cougars for October 22nd, 2019. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. And thanks again for taking the time to download this podcast on a Tuesday. Let's start off on the BYU football front. We finally have a game time for BYU at Utah State on November 2nd. Of course, BYU football is on a bye week this week, so there'll be no game this week for the Cougars. But next week, they will play in Logan against Utah State in their annual battle for the old wagon wheel up there at Maverick State. Stadium. I still want to call it Romney Stadium. It'll forever be Romney Stadium in my mind. But anyways, game time for that game set for 8 o'clock Mountain Time on ESPN2. So a late night game in Logan. Weather, I'm guessing, going to be fairly cold. Hopefully they can avoid any wet weather. It uh, looks like the forecast projecting out looks like it's pretty dry, but that obviously could change with, what, just under two weeks, about 12 days out here, 11 days out. So Big opportunity for BYU to right the ship uh, with another victory over an in-state rival, a stated rival over Utah State after beating Boise State. So get ready. If you're going up to Logan, it'll be a late night up there at Maverick Stadium, a late night drive back to the Wasatch Front if you're looking to drive back after the game. So 8 o'clock Mountain Time on ESPN2. Now, another note on the football front of things is that BYU, I saw this last night on Twitter, and kind of crazy, but um, Jeremy Kavika, Kawika, hopefully I got that right, he covers Boise State up there in the Boise area. He said he was doing some research on uh, Boise State's loss to BYU, of course, the 14th-ranked Broncos upset by BYU 28-25, to as we've talked about ad nauseum on the podcast, but he said that BYU's win over Boise on Saturday was the Broncos' first loss to a losing team, a team with a losing record since they lost to North Texas in 1999. 20 years they haven't lost to a team with a losing record at any point in the season. Apparently not even a game where they came into the season where the team they faced in week two was 0-1. None of that crazy, crazy statistic. It shows how consistent Boise State has been for over two decades at this point, but also a fantastic win, even more important for the BYU football program, what they did Saturday night in beating Boise State. So congratulations once again to Kalani Satake and his football program. 
Now, one final note I wanted to talk about in this first segment today is that Tyson Williams underwent surgery yesterday to surgically reconstruct his ACL in his left knee, and I wish him nothing but the best. My prayers go out to him as he begins the rehab process for that ACL injury. Uh, We've talked about this in the past. A lot of people wondering, okay, well, he didn't play in that many games this year. Could he apply for medical hardship? He obviously can apply for it, but all the indications I've gotten back are that it's going to be he'll be hard pressed to get that year back. Back from the NCAA. I hope he does. I hope the NCAA sees his situation and understands that, hey, this young man he hasn't played a lot in his football career, and he wants to go out on the right note. And honestly, I thought that Tyson Williams is a difference maker at running back. When BYU's had their most success under Kalani Sitake, think of years like Jamal Williams in his first year when he's had an NFL caliber running back. And they've had great seasons. And Tyson Williams, to me, has the makings of being a guy who could play at the next level. Unfortunately, suffered that injury against Washington, ruptured the ACL, and underwent surgery to reconstruct the ACL in his left knee yesterday and like I said we're wishing him nothing but the best here at Locked On Cougars as he begins the rehab process. It's not an easy process to go through. It's grueling physically and mentally because you know, sometimes wonder. If I, I've never torn the ligaments in my knee. I've had buddies who've done it. I actually had a friend who did it twice in the same knee and he said that the second injury to that knee actually was easier than the first time because he already knew what you were going to go through said a lot of times when athletes and just people in general have an injury where their ligaments or their they have a limb or a, a joint that doesn't work properly you have that set in you have a mentality set in where is it ever going to get back to full strength and that's kind of what you battle through as you kind of go through this rehab process and Tyson Williams will battle it the nice part is he's got all the best trainers around him he's got his teammates to buoy him up he's got guys like Emmanuel Asupa who are his roommates Micah Simon etc who'll be there to help him along in the process as well and once again I hope that he gets that year back from the NCAA just even selfishly for BYU's football BYU football's sake to have a guy like that on the roster would be absolutely awesome going into a slate next year which is just absolutely a bear trap you think the 2019 schedule is tough look at the 2020 schedule for BYU football it is going to be tough sledding no way about it and having a guy like Tyson Williams healthy back on the sidelines for BYU on their offense would be an absolute coup but we'll see what happens with the NCAA and that appeal for a medical hardship waiver for Tyson Williams once again wishing him nothing but the best in this process as he works his way back to full health and we'll be rooting for him all the way through. All right, there you go. Some of the news and notes about the BYU football program. We'll switch gears here in just a moment. Talks and BYU basketball. They picked up a big commitment over the weekend. We felt the note yesterday, but we kind of ran out of time on yesterday's podcast. We'll talk about that, and we'll also hear from Jesse Wade, BYU shooting guard slash point guard. I guess we can just call him a BYU guard. Coming into BYU after a year at Gonzaga. Sat out last year for his year in residence with the NCAA rules on transfers. Had some great thoughts on what he expects to do for BYU and what he expects the Cougars to do this upcoming season under Mark Pope. We'll get to all of that in just a minute here. Before we do that, though, do need to talk to you guys about Deseret First Credit Union. Uh, Obviously, if you guys have listened to this podcast for any length of time, and if you're new, welcome on in. But if you listen to this podcast, you know that Deseret First Credit Union is our title sponsor here on Locked On Cougars, and we're proud to have them as the title sponsor. They're asking all of their members right now, what is your why? What are you trying to do? What is your passion in life? you like golf? Do you like to woodwork? Do you like to go to movies? Do you like to go to sporting events? Regardless of whatever it might be, have you thought about refinancing your home loan to save some money and help fund that passion project? 
Refinancing doesn't have to be hard or even cost you anything and with rates still low, now is a great time to consider refinancing your mortgage and keep more money in your pocket with Deseret First Credit Union. Deseret First Credit Union's mortgage team will work with you to find the right loan for your financial situation. Even if you have never bought a home before, you're a first-time home buyer, they got multiple programs to help you out. If you've got investment properties, you're looking to buy your dream home, they will make sure you are in the right financial situation and you have the right loan for you. Call them, 801-456-7070, 801-456-7070, or visit dfcu.com to apply in five minutes or less. Deseret First Credit Union, you know why, we show how. Membership and eligibility required, OAC, terms and conditions apply, equal housing lender. All right, guys, BYU basketball obviously is a senior-laden team this year. There'll be seven players this season who will be leaving the BYU basketball program after the upcoming campaign. And uh, obviously, when you lose seven guys from a 15-man roster, and I know that college basketball is a little more bloated with walk-ons, et cetera, but still losing upwards of maybe close to 50% of your roster, well, you got to get back on the recruiting trail and find some people to fill in those gaps. And BYU picked up a big commitment over the weekend from Spencer Johnson. Uh, Spencer is a former American Fork High School graduate, originally enrolled, if I'm not mistaken, at, uh, at at Weber State, and then transferred to UVU, and then redshirted at UVU, and then transferred to Slick. So he's been to three different schools in like two or three years, or maybe even less than that. Maybe no, it's actually less than two years. So what it is is he is redshirted at UVU. He transferred to Slick to get his associate's degree to be eligible immediately to play wherever he went, and then he got a scholarship offer to BYU. So he. He'll be coming into BYU next year. He'll be a redshirt sophomore in 2020, and he's listed at six foot five. So he's probably kind of that wing player for BYU in how they're going to go about their lineup. Now, what you're wondering is, okay, how good is Spencer Johnson if he's bounced around from Weber State to UVU to Slick? Well, he's a guy who in high school scored almost 20 points a game and averaged just under 10 rebounds, if I'm not mistaken. A great player. He's the older brother of uh, 2019 four-star prospect Isaac Johnson. He was a top 100 national recruit that BYU very much wanted to land, but ultimately signed with Oregon. Uh, BYU was one of the final schools for Isaac, Spencer's younger brother. He ultimately chose the Ducks. Isaac is on an LDS mission right now, a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But having a guy like Spencer Johnson join the BYU basketball program, I think it's a good addition. He's got great great size to him. Six foot five. You can't teach height in in basketball. You just can't. And he shoots the ball well. Like I said, he scored just a shade under 20 points in high school at American Fork, which has become one of the premier powerhouses in the state of Utah for churning out basketball talent year in and year out. So I think this is a great pickup for BYU as they try and fill those slots with their roster going into 2020 and beyond. Uh, It can't hurt that he has three years of eligibility remaining. I'm glad he took care of business in the classroom to make himself eligible rather than having to spend another year in the JUCO ranks at Slick, even though Slick is a great program for basketball and where he'll play this year. But having those three years of eligibility is absolutely phenomenal. It's a big pickup for Mark Pope and his staff, and congratulations to them. I think Spencer Johnson will be a will be a great addition to the BYU basketball roster in 2020. And who knows, maybe he can have some influence over his brother who's on a mission. And I know I'm advocating for him to recruit his brother while he's on his mission, but I'm selfish. I, I want a guy like Isaac Johnson. I thought he was a great player, six foot ten guy with all the post moves and athleticism you would dream of. 
having him on BYU's roster would be awesome. So who knows if Spencer can have any influence over his brother while he's out serving a mission. But we'll see. But congratulations to Mark Pope and his staff on landing Spencer Johnson's commitment as part of the 2020 class. Now, uh, a guy who sat out last season as a transfer from Gonzaga was Jesse Wade. Of course, a guy who was a sharpshooter in his own right up there at Davis High School and went on a mission, then came back, played at Gonzaga for a year before deciding he wanted to go elsewhere. Well, he talked with me during BYU Basketball Media Day. This is probably a couple weeks back now, but got some great thoughts from him on what he expects to do for BYU as he comes in now eligible as a redshirt, I believe, sophomore officially this year, and what he expects to do for the Cougars in their backcourt, why he thinks that having uh, set out that last year for BYU should help him, etc. So here you go. Jesse Wade with myself, Jay Catch on Locked On Cougars. We all kind of saw you in high school do what you do. You go to Gonzaga, and now you're back here at BYU. What's the process been like overall? Yeah, it's been, I mean, it's definitely been a process, that's for sure. It's been fun. I mean, it's been competitive. It's been, I mean, I've learned a lot. But, I mean, overall, it's just been a good process. Like, I'm grateful for, I, mean, I had just a great high school experience and go to Gonzaga for a year and learn, you know, from great guys, great coaches, and now be back here playing for BYU. I mean, it's just been, I mean, it's been a process for sure, but it's been good. What did you spend the, you had to do that year in residence last year working on the scout team? What did you work on mainly, though? I worked mainly on my body, on, on just being quicker and faster and stronger, especially on the defensive end. Like, that was a real focus that was really emphasized last year, was just being able to, you know, move quicker side to side, jump higher, to be faster. The NCAA moved that three-point line back again this year. We've seen you be pretty dead-eyed in the high school level shooting the three. Do you feel like this team, one of the strengths is going to be the three-point shooting? Yeah, for sure. We've got incredible shooters on this team, and they move the line back, but it's really not that big of a deal. It's just a foot maybe, so I mean, it's not a huge difference, and most of the guys shoot from there anyways but before. So, I mean, it's not it's not bad, but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be a good shooting team this year. Do you think that the fact that it's back a little before opening up more spacing on the court with how this team, the front line, looks a little bit thin at this point? Yeah, yeah, it will definitely open things up with everyone spaced out around the perimeter a little more. So, I, yeah, I could definitely see that. What's it like working with guys like TJ and Jake Tolson? Yeah, I mean, they're the best. I love TJ and Jake. They're, they're just great guys, great leaders, great players, great dudes. So working with them, I mean, it's, you know, they're two of the best dudes on the planet. So it's, it's cool to be able to work with them. You spent a year under Coach Rose. Now, of course, Coach Pope has come in here. What's the difference? Is there anything different? Like, what's it been like? Yeah, there's a lot of things that are different. They're just two completely different people. Um, they're both amazing guys, amazing coaches. Just, you know, the way that they coach is just different. So I think that, I mean, at the end of the day, you just, you got to go out and play basketball. You got to score. You got to defend. I mean, it's just kind of different ways of, you know, coaching it, presenting it. But, I mean, yeah. How different are the, are the systems between the two coaches? Um, I mean, it's hard to explain because we're running different sets. I mean, we went over different defensive drills the whole year. I mean, with a little different principles, but I mean, offensively, it's different sets, but just the same principles. That's the thing is the principles are always the same, but just the sets that we run are a little bit different. But I mean, I don't know. 
there's it's hard it's hard to explain the differences because they're it's similar but different if that makes sense. No, I, I get it. Well, it's Kennedy basketball. The point is put the ball in basket. Yeah. It's just the method of getting there. Yeah, exactly. So I think that I mean they just the way they present it and the way you know their how much they yell, how much they don't, you know, things like that. It just is different. You know? Your family, you've got a sister soccer here. You've got a pretty rich family legacy here at BYU. What's it been like having been coming back here to play basketball? Oh, man, it's awesome. Yeah, Olivia, she did a great job of of kind of starting us Wade kids off, uh, you know, last year with with soccer. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's great to be here. And like I said, this is a dream school of mine. And so to be back here and to, you know, especially my sister played last year and now she's on a mission, but to be able to play with her coming up in, you know, next season when she's back from her mission, it'll be so cool. Jesse, thanks so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. There you go. Jesse Wade calling BYU his dream school. Obviously, his sister Olivia now on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to stand out on the soccer side of things for the BYU women's soccer program. I'm sure helped influence him, kind of explained, I'm sure, what the whole atmosphere was like for athletes, etc. But it's cool to see a guy like Jesse Wade decide, you know what, I want to go where I feel comfortable. I want to be a BYU. And I think he's going to have an impact this year. He's a guy that can shoot it from all parts of the floor and BYU like I've said previously on the podcast their three-point shooting I think is a great differentiator and what could keep them afloat during this early part of the season without Yoli Childs and especially with the season season ending injury to Gavin Baxter the inside presence for BYU is going to be very thin and lacking well the three-point shot can help I think BYU kind of balance things out spread the floor and allow them to play a little more freely I think that should help Obviously, rebounding is going to be at a premium for BYU with a lack of big men, but I think the guards, Jesse Wade included, will have to be a big part of that, have to go in and battle for rebounds and come away with them if at all possible. And the basketball season getting close, y'all. If you're looking for something to do tomorrow night, Midnight Madness at the Marriott Center, the BYU men's and women's basketball teams t- having some fun, 10.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, you can go out to the Marriott Center, have some fun, runs through midnight, I think like 12.30, they'll have scrimmages, chance to meet the teams, etc. Should be a fun event, I, and I would encourage you guys, if you haven't been to a Midnight Madness event, I went to a bunch of them back in the 1990s when BYU used to do this, and they were a blast. I really enjoyed them. So encourage you guys, if you're looking for something to do late night tomorrow night, consider checking out Midnight Madness with BYU basketball, both the men's and women's teams at the Marriott Center. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news, BYU men's golf playing in a tournament earlier this early this week, and action today today and tomorrow as well. We'll get you returns on how the first round went for them here in just a moment, as well as a shout out for the BYU football program that I failed to note in the first segment from none other than Kirk Herbstreet, of course, one of the leading minds and commentators on college football. We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys, when you guys are on about out and about driving around in your vehicle, if you're like me, you commute to and from work. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Or if I'm even at home and I have some downtime, I don't have a lot going on. Well, guess what? You can use your smart devices, your smartphones, your smart speakers. Tell them play podcasts locked on Cougars. That way you stay up to date with everything going on in BYU Sports News. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all things BYU Sports with this daily podcast. I would encourage you guys, use that time you have and have your smart devices make it easy on you. All you got to tell them is, hey, smart device, whatever you use, play podcasts locked on Cougars, and that way you always know what's up with BYU Sports with this daily podcast. 
All right, guys, as we close out today's edition of the podcast, BYU Golf is in action in Stockton, California for the Pacific Invitational. They played the first round yesterday. BYU tied for seventh as a team, so not a great first round overall as a team after three great tournaments to start the season. They'll play another round of 18 holes today and then a final round tomorrow. We'll have an update for you on tomorrow, but two players for BYU in the top 15 individually right now. Rhett Rasmussen is one under par, tied for ninth going into the second round of the tournament, and Peter Kess, the number one ranked golfer in the country, currently at even, tied for 14th. Cole Ponich, the freshman sensation for BYU, is one over at tied for 25th. So hopefully BYU can have a better showing today as a team get back closer to the top of the leaderboard. San Jose State leads the tournament at six under par after the after day one. Long Beach State two under, then Sacramento State even in third place. BYU tied for seventh in last place with Fresno State at three over par. So they're not too far out of being in one of those top spots. Hopefully they can make a run today and tomorrow. Best of luck to the BYU men's golf program in pursuing that. Uh, one note for you on the basketball side of things is that for the second straight season, the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame is named BYU forward Yoli Childs to his preseason watch list for the 2019 Carl Malone Power Forward of the Year Award. It's named after Class of 2010 Hall of Famer and two-time NBA MVP Carl Malone, obviously a Utah Jazz legend here in the state of Utah. It recognizes the top power forwards in Division I men's college basketball. A national committee of top college basketball personnel determined the watch list of 20 candidates, so congratulations to Yoli Childs. He is BYU BYU's leading returner and sorry, BYU's leading returning scorer and rebounder, and he'll miss the first nine games of this upcoming season. But I can guarantee, as soon as he is able to play, it'll be like he was shot out of a cannon because he's a guy who loves to play hoop, and it's cool to see him on that Colorado Malone Power Forward of the Year Award watch list once again for the second straight year. All right, one final note before we go today. I mentioned early on in this podcast in the open it was going to be a kind of a mismatch of a lot of different things. Well, Kirk Herbstreet, ESPN's college football guru, the guy who is one of the leading commentators on the sport in general, well, he highlights teams, individual players, and coaches who impress him the most during the week of games from the previous week. Hopefully that makes sense. And he said his top performing weeks from week eight, obviously this past week was week eight in college football. He had BYU number four on his list of top performing teams. He listed six teams in all. I don't think that they're necessarily in terms of order of most important, but maybe they are. He had Illinois football, Oregon, Penn State, BYU football, Utah football, and Florida football as his top six most impressive teams. Like I said, BYU doing something that hadn't happened in 20 years to Boise State, beating the Broncos with a losing record. So just a fantastic win all the way around for BYU basketball. And can't congratulate Kalani Satake and his staff enough on that big time win. Like I said previously, I think it's a program changing win there. Now they've got to keep that mentality, keep that fire desired, kind of that hungry attitude as they head to Utah State next week and throughout the rest of this season. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. Please follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at LockedOnCougars. You can follow my personal Twitter feed, at Jacob C. Hatch, or, of course, you can drop the show a note anytime you want via email by emailing us, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Today's show brought to you by our title sponsor, Deseret First Credit Union. Can't thank them enough for their continued patronage of this podcast and love having them on board as a sponsor. And, of course, Thanks to all of you guys. 
Those You guys that listen to this podcast really are what make it go. We've seen download numbers continue to stay strong despite, despite BYU having that two-game losing streak to USF and Toledo. The bounce-back win obviously helped, but I can't thank you guys enough for continuing to listen to this podcast each and every day. We'll catch you guys tomorrow. More on it. We'll also catch up with former Cougars and the pros. I know, know we normally do that on Tuesdays, but I had a lot to get to on today's show, so we'll push that back to tomorrow. You're also going to hear from T. Jay Hawes and Dalton Nixon later on this week, as well as Jeff Grimes. He is scheduled to join my radio show, DJ and PK in the morning later this week. We'll get you some of the highlights from that interview as well. Thanks again for joining us. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Cougars for October 22nd, 2019.